Yes, the Lord is worthy of that praise. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is worthy of our best praise. Thank you for your spirit today, Jesus. Thank you for what we feel today. Your ministering spirit is here. You are worthy, Lord. You're so worthy, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Lord wants to minister to us today. His spirit is here. I hope you can tell the Lord is here. Can anyone tell the Lord is here? It should be very easy right now for you to, to cry and to feel emotion today. Emotion is a symbol, or crying is just a symbol that you're tired of fighting. You're tired of fighting. Crying is a great part of worship because when you come in the Lord's presence, you can't fight Him. There's only one thing to do, give in. can't fight the Lord, just give in. You, can't, you cannot fight the Lord, just give in. You, you know, I don't want to be weak. I don't want to cry. This is the best place to cry. You can't fight this God. Don't care how much money you've got. Don't care what, how many degrees you've got. You can't fight this God. You can only submit to this God. You can only flow with this God. This is the best place to weep before the Lord. This is the best place to give in and put down all your walls. Because he said, I'll lift you when you're down. He said, I'll make you strong when you're weak. He'll turn everything around whenever you submit and give in to the Lord. The Holy Ghost told me Friday night, he said, there's a lot of people that deal with regrets from their past, and he wants to set you free today. I know some of you don't want to say amen because you want to look like a good Christian, but for the rest of us today who've got some baggage, who've done some dumb stuff, the Lord wants to set us free today. He wants to set you free today. Lift your hands. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. If you'd be honest with yourself right now of things that you've done, said, and thought, how you've treated people. But the Lord sent me here to tell you He wants you to be free of the regrets of your past, to be loosed of them, to walk in the future, to finish out your life better than it began. The Holy Ghost wants to set you free today. He sent me with a message and a word, but right now prepare your hearts. It's not over. It's not done. Your story's not finished. He's going to finish your story. He's going to finish your story greater than how it began. He's going to tell a story through your life, and he's going to get glory from it. It's going to turn all around. <laughs> I know you know the Holy Ghost is here trying to talk to us right now. We're going to be free of our regrets, and everybody say in Jesus' name, amen. You can go to your seats today. We'll pray in a little while. I know you're feeling. I know you're ready. I am too. Thank you, Lord. Go to Genesis chapter 30, chapter 37, and chapter 50, Genesis 37, 26. Let's all stand together. Thank you. We're going to read the word, and then I'll have you be seated together. When I was preparing this Friday night, I just began to flow. The Lord began to talk to me, and I, I really know 1,000% that God has given me a word when I don't even have to really look up from the computer. I just begin to type, begin to write it all out. The way, that I, the way that I do it typically is when the Lord begins to talk to me, I try to document everything that I can as fast as I can because I want to get a record of it. And I feel like the Lord has given me a word to help us today to be free of your regrets. Everybody say, be free. Of my regrets. I'm taking you to Genesis chapter 37, and I'm going to show you something here that I think will be a great launching pad today. So Judah said to his brothers, 
What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? These are the brothers of, or the grandchildren, I should say, the, the sons of, of, of Jacob. And uh, this is Abraham, this is Isaac, this is Jacob. This is the lineage of God's select group of people. Uh, these are the people that will be known as the Israelites for generations to come. These brothers knew better, but they decided that they were going to hurt their younger brother, Joseph. Uh, verse 27, this is what they said, Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brothers listen. Then the Midianite traders passed by this pit that they put their younger brother, Joseph, in. They were jealous of him. And the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph up to Egypt, and he became a slave. Many of you know the story of Joseph. Talk about a regret that they lived with for many years that haunted them every night. What we did to our brother. Chapter 50, Genesis 50, 19, let's look how it ends. Joseph said to them, after many years, the Lord promoted Joseph, made him the second ruler of Egypt. The story ends really well. Do not be afraid, he said to his brothers when they reunited years later. For I am I in the place of God? Can I judge you? I'm not your judge. But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. <laughs> yeah, you messed up. Yeah, you were evil. But you can't stop God. Somebody's going to be ministered today in this place. Yeah, you messed up bad. But God had a plan for me anyway. I'll just tell you right now, whoever you hurt, God can turn it for good. Whatever you've done, God can turn it for good. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You can be seated today. It's going to be heavy before it gets light, so hang with me. We all have a past. Please, somebody say amen. Don't hide on me today. We all have regrets, but we don't all have the same future. Some have not changed. Some are still making regrets today. Some will regret walking out of the service without repenting. Some are still choosing to live a sinful life, a selfish life, refusing to acknowledge that they are lost. They are hurting and they're causing others to hurt. You cannot be free of your regrets if you continue to create more regrets every single day. You need to stop the bleeding. Step one, if you're battling regrets, stop the bleeding. Seal the wound. Stop living that way. Repent and turn from it. 
It's not too late. You can quit right now. You can turn from that life right this minute. You can stop the bleeding. You can do it. I don't care if you're 80. You can change by the power of the Holy Ghost. Just stop it. Just repent. Just recognize you're hurting. You've been hurting people for generations and for decades and get sick of it. Wake up today. Shake yourself and say, this is the last day I hurt somebody. This is the last day I hurt myself. This is the last day I do things like that. I'm done. I'm sick of it. I'm running to an altar today. I'm going to stop it right in its tracks. This snowball will melt. This will break. This will change. I know I've been doing it a long time. I know you've been doing it a long time. But someone testify, you can change. You can quit. You don't have to be 14 to do it. You can be 60. You can be 70. It just matters that you stop. You've got to wake up one day and say, that's it. I'm done. It's over. I'm turning to God. No more. It's never too late, no matter your age, no matter the depth of the rut that you're in. It is never too late. The devil is a liar. It is never too late. There's always time for change. Jesus said, I don't care when you get in the harvest and work for me. I'll give you the same reward if you get in at the end as those who got in at the beginning. You can get the same ending as someone who lived a spotless life. You can have the same blessings. After all your years of sin, I feel the Lord talking to someone right now. All the years you've messed up, you can have the same heaven as people who lived a perfect life. So just stop. Just stop. Never too late. My God is the only God that can pull you out of what you're in no matter how much you've done. So just get out of it in Jesus' name. But there are many here today that you have changed, thank God. And you're, you are thankful today that you no longer live like you used to live. But you can't shake the memories of yesterday. They plague you. They haunt you. You live most of your life looking backwards at what you should not have done, of what should not have happened to you, but it did. And while you are thankful that you are no longer that person and you no longer live in that house, no longer in that situation, you are still being chased down every single day of the past mistakes that you made and the devil beats you up and hits you in the face every day and says, think about what you could have had. Think about what you could have been. Think about every person that you didn't have to hurt and damage. And they plague us. And those voices damage us. And the older you get, Sometimes the more you have in your head. And it can absolutely destroy your future. There are two main areas of regret that I believe are the number one and number two areas of regret that we face. First, there are regrets of who we've hurt or maybe who we never even helped. Secondly, there are regrets about what we could have had in this life. If we weren't so crazy when we were younger. And we think maybe it's too late for us. That day is over. And that haunts you. 
Because you live always thinking about how someone else's life is better because they had a better raising and they made better choices when they were younger. And you think, what's the point in trying? It's too late now for retirement. It's too late now for that marriage. It's too late now to have the things I want. And these are the two main regrets that that get us the most. So let me jump in. We've all hurt people. Somebody say amen. We all have. Even the sweetest among us have hurt people. Some of y'all have hurt people because you don't deal with anybody. You just run from problems. That also hurts people. Abandoning your children hurts them. Getting quiet up in here. I ain't never lifted my voice to my kids. That's because you left. I'm not like that. That's because you run from everything. You're still hurting people. Please say amen right now. I want, I want you to testify that I'm telling the truth today. Some people may not think I'm telling the truth right now until you say amen and agree with the preacher. Whether intentional or unintentional, we've hurt people. We have become the cause of suffering and pain for people. Maybe it was poor parenting. Your kids were abused by you, maybe. Maybe you yelled at a fit of rage. Maybe you neglected them. Maybe you gave them to a TV to raise them their entire childhood, and they're all messed up because of it. Maybe you worked so that they could have things, but they never had you. Maybe you worked a lot and said, but I have to provide, but you didn't ever provide peace and joy and an atmosphere for them. Maybe you did that to your children, and it haunts you. Maybe you told them you were a Christian and shouted in the front of church and cussed them out when you got home and ruined them. Maybe you did that. Because it happens to a lot of people. It's a real thing. Maybe they don't want to have anything to do with God because of you. And you want to hide that and you want to get rid of it, but guess what? It ain't going away. You know why? Because the devil's using that against you every single day of your life, and it haunts you. And you don't have joy. You don't have peace because you won't bring it up and deal with it with truth. You only let the devil talk to you. You don't let the Lord speak about these things. He's got something to say to you today. I'm going to set you free. You can't go back. You can't go back. You can't go back. Everybody say, I can't go back. The hurt is there. The years are gone. Maybe you've been a horrible spouse. Maybe you spent all the money you didn't have, and the family suffered. Maybe you worked. Sorry. Maybe you, maybe you weren't there when you should have been. Maybe you constantly brought up the past of what the other person did. You would never let them have a future. Maybe you compared them to their parents constantly. Maybe you told your parents about them all the time, and now your parents hate them. You did that. You can't go back. Yep. Maybe you said things like, you'll never change. And you spoke that into their spirit. You did that to them. You did it to them. The person that loves them the most spoke death into your spouse. Maybe you did that. 
Maybe you've threatened with divorce multiple times for things that are not even divorceable because you wanted to control them and force them to love you, which is impossible to do by using the word divorce. All that does is make it more likely that it will come to pass. Maybe that's how you've lived. Maybe you're on your third one now. Maybe this has been your history. Maybe you were abusive with name-calling. Maybe you were physically abusive. Maybe you degraded them as a human being because you were hurting, because you want to control and power. And those words, yes, they do hurt more than sticks and stones. Maybe, usually I should say, sir, you spent most of your marriage on a video game. Zoning out in front of a television or a computer these days. YouTube. Or even maybe you just stay so busy at work because you can't stand being around your family. And you're not there and you haven't been there. You're absent and the only reason you're still together is because you're not around each other. They say that some people in other countries will get divorced after retirement because they finally have to deal with each other every day. Your life's not that great until you have to test it. So you have to be around people. You can't go back. The hurt is there. The years are gone. And the devil holds it against you daily. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Help us today. Maybe you've been a violent person. Maybe you have been someone wrapped up in crime. Maybe you're the one that stole by the Jason's catalytic converter out of the church parking lot a few weeks ago. If we ever catch you, Lord bless you. We will send our new converts after you. (laughs) They don't know any better. They get a little extra grace than I do. Maybe you have been caught up in theft and you have caused pain to people because they don't no longer have that vehicle or that money and maybe you caused someone to have to work two jobs because you stole something from them. You probably won't know what you did to them, but you hurt people. And if you stop and think about it, you realize how much damage you probably caused. Maybe you've hurt people by physical fights. Maybe you've had some prison time and jail time. Maybe you've wasted years of your life on drugs, alcohol. Maybe you've, because of that, hurt many loved ones. You can't go back. The hurt is there. The years are gone. And the devil says, look, you'll never do anything now because of your past I'm so glad Jesus forgave you, but the past is still affecting your future. Oh, but I'm forgiven. Yeah, but you're forgiven, but everything's a mess. And we look at the the devil and say, but I'm forgiven. And and the devil says, that's great. Maybe you'll go to heaven. But guess what? While you're here on the earth, it's going to be hell. So you might as well just go ahead and have a pity party because everything you've done the rest of your life, you're going to pay for it. 
And you say, what's the point of even trying? I've gone too far. I've done too much. It's broken. I'm broken. It's broken. The home is broken. The money's broken. And the devil attacks you. Here's how to get free of these kind of regrets. Step one, thank God you're not the same person you used to be. Step number one, you've got to look at that spirit and say, but I'm not that person anymore. You want to talk about that devil? Let me talk to you about it. I've been changed. I've been washed by the blood of the lamb. I'm no longer that same guy. I don't think that way, talk that way, dress that way, go that way. Yeah, you had me for a few years, but guess what? No more. I give God some praise today because I is no longer me. You need to speak some truth back to that lie and tell that spirit, yeah, I've messed up. It's real. I've hurt people, but no more. I'm different now. You hear me, devil? I'm different now. By the grace of God, I'm a new person. I'm not who I want to be, but I'm not who I used to be. I'm a brand new creation in Christ. Listen to me. Those you have hurt will have a hard time believing that you've been changed. But you must forgive them because they are ruled by fear. And they always will wonder if the old you is going to come back up. But it's not, thank God. I know it and God knows it. That's not who I am. That man is done. That woman is done. I'm a new creature. I know you can't believe it. I know you're afraid of me because I did it so long. But I'm telling you the blood works. I'm telling you the name works. I'm telling you the Holy Ghost works. I'm telling you people can change. Thank God. Is anybody thankful today? Are you glad that the bleeding stopped? Are you glad that finally after decades it's over? Are you glad that it stopped? Now you can at least be saved. Now you can at least have hope because you stopped. Because the Lord sets you free from it. I got a word for you. Watch this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul was correcting the church brothers for trying to sue each other in their local government. We don't talk about everything in the Bible, just, you know, just the fun parts. But this was actually happening. He said, you, what's wrong with you? You've got spiritual judges among you. You deal with it inside the church. He said, it's embarrassing two brothers getting out there before a secular judge talking about how you didn't pay your rent. He said, you got the Holy Ghost inside of you. You need to learn to figure it out. Don't do business with brothers and sisters in the church. Don't do that. I've heard that my whole life. We ought to be able to do business more than anybody together. You know what that is? That's a sign of a weak church. When we can't do business with each other because of fear, because of fear and all that mess, it's because we're weak spiritually. And all that does is reveal how weak we are. Well, I don't want to offend anybody. That the problem is not doing the business. The problem is our spirit is wrong. And we won't, we won't let anybody spiritual judge things when we have a problem. And if they did and went against us, we wouldn't listen. we just leave churches and quit, go the next one down the road. But the Bible has solutions for us, and these brothers had been converted, changed, washed, sanctified, and they still had problems. Go figure. Yep, they were making some mistakes in the church of Corinth, even though they had been sanctified and washed. 
Look how, how Paul deals with these brothers who have reverting, we're trying to revert back to their old ways. That's your old ways. Look what he said. 1 Corinthians 6 and 8. No, you yourselves do wrong and you cheat. Talking to saved folks. Talking to sanctified folks. He said, you cheat. Can that still happen in the church? Absolutely. That can, that can creep up sometimes in us even after we've gotten right with God. And you do these things to your brethren. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now look what he says in verse 11. And such were some of you, but you were washed. But you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Paul said, yeah, you may be wrong, but don't forget you're also washed. Don't you ever let yourself go back to who you used to be. Don't you ever let anybody tell you that you're a fornicator just because you messed up. No, I'm not. I've been washed. I've been sanctified. I've been justified. I'm not going back. Somebody say, I'm not going back. Look what Paul did. Paul said, just because you're drifting doesn't mean you're going to end up there like you used to be. Don't you ever let anybody see your failure. Don't you ever let anybody predict your failure. You look at people that are starting to get on the edge of backsliding and say, no, you won't. No, you won't. You've been washed. You've been full of the Holy Ghost. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. We're going to speak to people this way. You know, we do, we look at people and say, yeah, I bet you are going to backslide, you evil man. We're talking the wrong way to God's people. We're speaking death over people. Paul said, when I see you start to get tempted that you're about to leave out and go back to the old ways, I'm going to remind you who you really are. You are a blood-bought child of God, and I refuse to see the old man. When the old man died in the baptistry tank, I refuse to believe that you're going back to the old ways. Paul said, you're wrong. You better get right because that's really who you are on the inside. I've been changed. Tell your neighbor I've been changed. Tell your neighbor, don't go back. Don't go back. Yeah, yeah, don't go back. That's not who you are anymore. Put the bottle down. Don't go back. You don't need that pill. Don't go back. You gotta tell your brother that when they start messing up, say, that ain't who you are, brother. I know you, brother. I've seen you get the Holy Ghost. I've watched you get baptized in Jesus' name. Don't go back. That's not who you are. I know you feel like suing somebody in the church, but don't go back. That's not who you are. You've been washed. You've been sanctified. You've been justified. I don't believe it. What they do, I don't believe it. What they say, I don't believe it. That's not who they are. Some of y'all are like, oh, I bet they are. That's how all Christians are. That's a lie, devil. Get behind me. That's not how we are. That's not who we are. Amen. Yeah, that's not who we are. You got to get that inside your spirit. You got to make sure you see people the way they truly are. If people have been washed, you need to see washed people. Some of y'all in your marriage problems, you look at them saying, yeah, I expect you to fail. That's how you've always done you should be looking at him saying, have you got the Holy Ghost? Act like it. That's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, excuse me, you don't look like a wash. You're not acting like a wash person to me. 
You act like somebody with the name of Jesus on them. I know who you really are, church folks. Don't you try to go back to them old sinful ways. That's not who you are anymore. You're too clean to be playing with that kind of dirt. You're too washed to do stuff like that. Step number two, to get free of, of those kind of regrets, you have to acknowledge it has been forgotten. Maybe not by Satan. Maybe not by you. And maybe not by the people you hurt, but by the only one that counts. It may plague you. It may plague the people you damaged, but I got good news for you. It does not keep the Lord up at night because the Bible tells me that our sin is as far as the east is from the west cast away, that he does not remember our sin. You don't have to worry about it today. The one that matters the most has forgotten about it, and when your accusers go before the Lord and say, he hurt me, the Lord says, I don't know. So you need to thank God that you changed, and you need to acknowledge that it has been forgotten. It is under the blood. Psalms 103 and 10, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Hebrews 8 and 12, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. The Lord does not know what you've done to people. The Lord has forgotten. It is over. It is done. Why do you keep talking about it and bringing it up? It's over and it's done. Step number three to be free of, your, of this kind of regret. Know that God's grace will always be greater than your sins. For Romans 5 and 20 says, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. God didn't do it, but boy, he sure used it. Yeah, you messed up. It's your fault. But my God is the God of grace. And where your sin hurt somebody, God's grace was greater. What's greater than your sin? God's grace. What's greater than what you've done wrong? God's grace. What's greater than the mistakes of your past? God's grace. Now, now I gotta, I'm going to have to prove it to you. I'm getting a 5% clap on a, at least a 50% good message, at least, okay. Look, let me, let me explain. I knew I would have to. When you messed up back in the day, you put people in some low places. Boy, people got done with you, you, they were low. You put people in some low places. Boy, they were just down in the corner looking up, just scared. Can I give you a word today, Psalms 145 and 14? The Lord upholds all who fall. And raises up all who are bowed down. Somebody say it was a setup. You mess somebody's life up and you got them nice and low. And guess what happens when somebody gets nice and low? The Lord steps in and says, excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, sir. I see somebody low that needs the God of high power. I'd like to step in your life and lift you up. It's just a setup. You didn't make that person get messed up. You set them up for a revival. I'll keep going. All right, 25% clapping. Let's keep going. We're almost there. When you messed up years ago, 
Brother Brandon, you're too young for probably a lot of this, but you've, you've made some mistakes. I know you have. I have too. But, you know, years ago, Brother Brandon, when you, when you me- messed up and you messed with some people, they, you may have made some people tired. You know, you ever been around somebody that wears you out? And you start off smiling, you're like, and then before it's over, you're like, I just need to leave. Some people can just drain you. And when you, when you sin and when you're not living right and you're hurting, off, you're hurting people, guess what happens? You can make them feel real weary, real tired, and you can do that to people. But I got good news for you. Jesus said, come to me in Matthew 11 and 28. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Somebody say it was a setup. You put your baggage on somebody and the Lord came running down the aisle saying, I can lift that for you. You put your weight on somebody with all your drama and all your sin and the Lord stepped in their life about five years later and said, I don't know who did it to you. It don't matter who did it to you. All I know is I can lift your heavy load. I can lift up those who've got the weight on them. Maybe it was your mama. Maybe it was your daddy that made you low. Maybe they put the weight on you, but the Lord is the lifter of my soul. The Lord can lift anything. He can resurrect anything. It does not matter how you got low and how you got heavy. It introduced you to the God that can lift anything. 40%. We're getting closer. When you messed up back then, you brought darkness. You brought darkness in people's lives. You suck the life out of the room. You suck the air out of their spirits. It got dark because of you, because of your evil, because of your sin, because of your selfishness. It's the truth. Your mistakes turned out the lights in people's lives, but I've got a word for you. John 8 and 12, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. It was just a setup. All you did was say to that person, there is darkness, and now look, there is light. When you turn the lights out on somebody, all you did was magnify and glorify and make God a lot easier to locate because he said, I am the light that lights up the world. I am the one, I am the one that calls to broken people and shines in the darkness. <laughs> but pastor, I've hurt people. What if people go to hell because of me? This one's probably the one that gets us the most. It's one thing people lose some money, maybe not have a marriage or Maybe they don't have a nice retirement. It's it's another thing for somebody to go to hell over me. It's another thing for someone to burn forever and eternity because of something I did. That one gets, it should. That one should get us the most. And if you love God and you're trying to be right with God, you love people, that's the one the devil's going to use the most against you. Well, let's answer that. What do people want when they get hurt? What do you want when you get hurt? Huh? What do you want when you're hurting? 
where do you want to go? When you're hurting. No, not when you used to be hurt. When you are currently in suffering and pain right this minute, what do you want? Oh, y'all don't go to doctors? Oh, y'all don't go to doctors, huh? Do y'all take Advil? Do you go look up something to make you better? You want something to heal you. You want something to fix you. What do you want when you've been hurt? You want the healer. I'm not the healer. You're not the healer. Nobody on the earth can be a healer. There's only one healer for the sins of humanity and the things we've done to each other. There's only one that can fix people's hearts. And it's not you. And it's not me. It is Jesus. He is the healer. He's the great physician. But pastor, I've hurt people. Yeah, you did. And guess who they are looking for now? They're looking for the healer. When you help people to heal, they see the healer through you. But when you hurt people, they need the healer because of you. It's going to be all right. Somebody says it's going to be all right. Be free in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. Listen, if hurtful, neglecting people guarantee our one-way ticket to hell how are some of you so hurt and so saved I dare say today that many of you are in this church because somebody hurts you Maybe you're here today only because there was darkness. You can say amen. Maybe you're here today because someone took you low. Maybe you found Jesus because someone turned the lights out, left you in a ditch, damaged you beyond repair from human hands. I dare say many of us today have found the Lord because of people who have done great and horrible things to it's just a setup. What the world and the devil meant for evil, God can turn it for good. Listen, I'm going to put it back to your life. What you meant for evil, what you did to hurt somebody, you get that thing off of you today. You leave that in the altar because I'm telling you right now, the Lord can take your craziness and turn it and twist it and use it to get glory and to save people's souls. And you ought not carry that another second if you've been changed. Hear me today. You can't save anybody. Y'all hearing me? As much as you want to, you can't save anybody. Do you believe it? I need you to agree on this one first before I go to the next one. You cannot save anybody. Amen? Well, if that's the case, you can't make anybody lost either. Devil, you ain't have any territory in this place. This is a truth church. Get that spirit out of here. Who do you think you are thinking you can make someone lost? If the devil can't even do it, who do you think you are?
You feeling me right now, but Dante? The devil can't do it. Who do you think you are? If the devil could take us down, he would. Do you have more power than the devil? I don't care what you did. You can't save them and you can't make them lost. I don't care what you did. You can't save them and you can't make them lost. Release it in Jesus' name right now. Release it off of you in Jesus' name right now. That's nothing but the pride in you that says you have the power to make somebody go to hell. You do not. I'll prove it to you. You ready? Been a lot of preacher's kids go to hell. There's been a lot of people who had perfect churches where they had perfect parents. Everything they could ever need. Prayer every morning. Lost. They're out there. You don't know. I do. It is absolutely possible for you to have everything going good and it never be enough to save you. On the flip side, it is absolutely possible for everything to go bad. For no one to ever talk to you. No one ever give you a flyer on your door. No one ever invites you to church. Nobody ever smile at you at the supermarket. And God still reached down with his divine grace and favor and pluck you up by his angelic host. It does not matter. The Lord is the Savior. The Lord, I just want to be a part of it. But the Lord is the Savior. I just want to do what I can. But the Lord is the Savior. Well, I don't go to church because them, them hypocritical Christians. That's a lie. I've been hurt by hypocritical Christians, and I love God just fine. In fact, those hypocritical Christians make me want to shout even more. They make me want to get in church even deeper. They make me want to pray anymore because I see what happens to the cold, backslidden hypocrisy of people who just go to church but don't really love God. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You didn't make anybody go to hell. The only thing your mistakes can do is expose people to hell's agenda and make them wish there was a heaven. There's kids right now in the world in the darkest corners of abuse, and you know what they're thinking? Is there a God? Is there light? Is there hope? And the Lord is saying, yes, there is. Yes, there is. I'm going to send angels to help you. I'm going to send someone to get you. I'm going to call your name in the darkness of night. I'm going to give you dreams and visions. I'm going to make a way of escape. Because the darkness and the suffering and the pain and all the hell on the earth, all it does is say, I think I want to go to heaven. It exposes them to the dark and makes them wish there was light. It exposes people to the depths and makes them wish there was a mountaintop. It exposes them to weariness and makes them wish there was rest. And there is. If Satan can't stop someone from being saved, we've got to pose the question, who do we think that we are? The devil is a liar 
And nobody will go to hell because of our sins and mistakes and things that we have regrets over. No one who can stop our God. So forgive yourself in Jesus' name. Lift your hands right now. And forgive yourself for what you didn't do, for what you did do. Because I'm telling you, you may have meant it for evil, but the Lord can promote the very people that you've turned your back on. You may have tried to destroy somebody in ignorance, but I'm telling you right now, that doesn't mean that person will fall. It could be their promotion. It could be, you just need to understand right now, the people that did you wrong, you're still here. You are not going to carry this anymore. You've got to get free of the regrets of what you've turned on and changed on and leave them at church today and never pick them back up. The Lord is saying to you right now, I forgot about it. It's time for you to forget about it. I forgot about it. It's time for you to move on. I know it's over. I know it's done. Just go ahead and go forward in Jesus' name. And let me come to my, let me come to my last part here for my, for my closing today. There's another regret that plagues people. This is the regret of what I could have had. Yeah. And you need to be free of this today. Because the Holy Ghost sent me to tell some of you right now that you live every day saying, I should have more right now. And it plagues you. This is more physical because every day you wake up, it's like money in the bank. It's like holes in the ceiling. It's like a relationship. Ain't nobody kissing on you in the morning, which you don't probably want anyway. You have bad breath. But some of y'all got y'all's dreams. And so some of you are sitting here waking up every day going, I don't have the earthly things that I wish I could have. I, I wish I could have this. Other people have it, but I don't have it. And I, I, you're, you're tormented every day, and it haunts you, and it comes against you, and you've got regrets that are everyday living. It's real. Let me give you some examples. Pastor, I messed up. I could have been rich by now. But I went and bought that stupid TV with my tax return. Instead of investing it in Bitcoin, could have been a billionaire. Pastor, I messed up because I could have had a whole lot more money now. I should have bought that house. I knew I shouldn't have rented that thing for 15 years. Boy, I could have made a million dollars. See, I, you know it's real truth when you're real quiet. because Some of you are like, man. I can't even say man, it's so real. I got a word for you, Matthew 19 and 23. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. What the devil meant for evil, God's going to use it for good. The devil took all my money, but that's okay because it's easier to go to heaven when you're broke. It's easier to go to heaven when you don't have things in the earth. Yeah, you're still renting, but I got good news for you right now. It's going to be easier for you to make it in the rapture because that old devil took your money. You're carnal if you can't shout about that. Because you'd rather have nice things than go to heaven. You're carnal. You don't truly love God. You should have been excited when I said that. There's a lot of y'all don't have a lot of money in this church. And you're not happy. And you've got regrets. And all you can think about is trying to make up for all your bad mistakes. And that's why you work three jobs and we miss you at church all the time. Because all you can think about is making up for earthly stuff. You don't understand what you're doing. If you never made another dollar and got rich, guess what? Good news. It will be easier for you to go to heaven. Why are you so mad? 
Pastor, I messed up. I could have been married by now. I messed up big time. I should have. I should have said yes. I should have just went on that date to McDonald's, but I regret it. I thought McDonald's was below me, but now I'm, I'm still single. So I, pa- I messed up, Pastor. I got a word for you. you. Ready? Are you sure you're ready? Are you ready? Getting in sensitive territory. First Corinthians seven and eight. Paul said, but I say to the unmarried and the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. Oh, the Bible. Uh, I believe some of it, Acts 2.38, I like that part, but eh, not, the, not that part. No, I want to get married. I got, hey, it's okay, verse 9, but if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. I could not exercise self-control. I am married. Many of us are married. Later you find out that it's not a bad thing, but let me give more context. 1 Corinthians 7 and 40, same, same chapter, same thing, but she is happier if she remains as she is according to my judgment And I think I also have the Spirit of God. Paul was saying, let me just tell you what I think about folks that are single. Honestly, it's probably going to be just fine. And I'm pretty sure the Lord would agree since he was single. So I'm pretty sure the Lord would agree with this. Yeah. You know, you need to go study it on your own. But here's here's the context. The context is, in the New Testament, you can be just fine if you're not married. You have the Spirit of God living in you. Married folks are not happier because they're married. They're happy because they are full of the Holy Ghost, walking with Jesus. I know lots of married folks that are thinking, Pastor, I messed up. I've got some regrets. I've actually got two. And uh, I'm on my second one. And thinking about making another, but... uh, Pastor, I messed up. I, uh, I've got some regrets. His name is, yeah. And uh, it goes both ways. Pastor, I probably should have married somebody else. Don't say amen. Don't say amen. Was that you? I can see you in my office after church, please, brother. <laughs> I messed up. I got married young, Pastor. I, I, I think I'm, and I feel like I got in church, and now the Bible says I can't divorce, so it's like I feel like I'm stuck. Got a word for you. 1 Corinthians 7 and 14, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. <laughs> Stay with me. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children, they're kind of a part of the equation too would be unclean, but now they're holy because one of you try to keep it together. Hey, I'm not done. You're like, man, this is over for me. My, my spouse is unbeliever. There's no way to ever change. Really? First Corinthians 7 and 16, for how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? It ain't over till it's over. 
As long as there's breath in their body, you've got to testify the goodness of the Lord to your unbelieving spouse because it's not over yet. It's not over yet. The Lord can still use you. Don't give up. Don't quit. You could be the reason that the entire family makes it. Let me say it like this. What if God allowed you to get married 30 years ago and now you're stuck just so that soul could be saved? The grace of God is so good. What if the only hope that lost person has is being married to someone as faithful to God as you? What if God wants to turn it around? What if the devil meant it to destroy you, but God says not yet? It's not over yet. Let me get a hold of him. Let me use that sanctified man and that sanctified woman, and maybe before it's over with, that person can be saved. Let me hurry, let me hurry. If you stay poor, single, married, or didn't even get children, you can still be free of regrets in Jesus' name. You are only bound by your past when you believe that what you could have had been would be better than what you can still have. When you start to believe that everything's over and I have no future and there's nothing else I could ever get to make up for what I've lost, you have negated and forgotten about the fact that we still get to have heaven one day. The devil wants to tell you that heaven will not be better than marriage. And that's why you're so sad. The devil wants to tell you that heaven won't be better than having, a, having children. That's a lie. The devil wants to tell you that if you had money, you'd be happy. Y'all, heaven compared to this earth's riches is like a penny on a billion dollars. It's like a toy car versus a Lamborghini. It does not make any sense to say, I am sad about what I won't have in the world. I guess I'll just go to heaven. If you do not have the revelation of where you're about to go just in a few short moments this life will be over just in a few short moments it won't matter anymore anyway just in a few short moments did you know there will not be marriage or giving a marriage in heaven so why are you trying to get married so much when it won't even matter there I need some money I'm poor you're going to be walking on the streets of gold I got to hurry. I got to make that money. Y'all, you, you'll never get enough in this world. What are you doing regretting all the things you could have had? I could have had four rental properties by now. I could have taken vacations all the time. You're letting the devil lie to you. This life is not about that. Someone's about to get free. Let's all stand. Let's get ready to be free in Jesus' name. So hear me, they may not take you back. That prison sentence might not let you out early. It's a real thing. Your retirement may be small. Your home may be quiet one day. But great is your reward in heaven. When the devil lies to you and says, you could have been rich by now, you say, I'm going to be rich. Shut your mouth, devil. 
if you think you're going to get me depressed because my house and my apartment is small, you better get out of here with all that noise. Uh, let me tell you, great is my reward in heaven. You think you're going to get me depressed because I don't have somebody to, to tuck me in at night or make me mad thereof? Uh, you think I'm going to get all messed up because I don't have things on Instagram like other people? No, no, no. I know what's waiting on me, and it's going to get here in just a few short years. For this life is just a vapor. It's here, and it's gone. Why are you so frustrated with what you didn't get in this world? Well, you're not supposed to be living for this world anyway. Because you love this world too much. And the devil is using the love of the world to make you sad. Paul said, I have learned to be content in whatever state I'm in. I can make it when I got it. I can make it when I don't because I know I'm just a passing through. I know that this world is not my home. I'm just a pilgrim. I know that I'm just, that's why the elders were able to do so much because they kept singing songs about how I know I'm just passing through. I'm just a pilgrim on a journey. This is not my home. I'm just passing through. You need to get all of that noise out of your spirit today before you walk out those doors. Be free of regret today in Jesus' name. Some of you, please listen. Some of you in this life simply will not get what you can't take with you anyway. Is that right, Bishop? What are you working so hard for this world for? Why are you letting the things of this world make you so mad? I don't care what social media says, they're lying. They say the couples that kiss the most on social media get divorced the most. It's all a show. That house ain't that clean. They staged that thing all day and took one photo and destroyed it when it was over. I just I want to retire on a beach somewhere. I'm not preaching for it. Some of y'all too excited. Pastor, I just want to go somewhere and I just want to retire without any drama. I just want to get out on a beach somewhere. I just want to find myself out in the woods. I just want to go find a piece of peace and I just want to give to me the rest of my. That's a great way to go into eternity, isn't it? Feed me, feed me, all about me. That's a great way to go to eternity, isn't it? You know the last thing I want to do before I die? I want to reach out to somebody with love. I want to be coming from a prayer meeting, going to a prayer meeting, going down to loving Austin to love somebody, baptize somebody in Jesus' name. You think I want to live the rest of my life trying to have it cush, some, some nice place, fancy place? No way. I want to go out doing the will of God. Hey, y'all, we can rest over there. We can enjoy our mansion over there. We can be at peace over there. But now... Release yourself of all the things you never get or never will get, never got. Release yourself in Jesus' name of everything you've ever done. Walk out of this service today free and finish your life. Finish this race. Fight, push, and stop living in depression and anxiety. Get your eyes off everybody else. And do you, do your life. If God's called some of y'all to rent the rest of your life in an apartment, then do it with joy. Great is your reward in heaven.
And if you're single and God never lets you get married, when are you going to let God use you? You literally are set up for ministry. Right now. Paul said, those of you who get married and have kids, you've got a deeper connection to earthly things. He said, but if you can remain single like me, he said, the Lord becomes your number one. So maybe stop asking God for something you can't take with you and start connecting to the God that will be there. Start connecting now to the one that it's all about in heaven. Maybe some of you have got a ministry calling on your life to do more than just get married and have kids. Woe unto those who give suck in the last days. Let's do it the Bible way. Somebody say, I can't go back. But I can go forward. You can learn from a church family and you can start fresh today. You messed up. You were forgiven. You caused others to see their need for a Savior. You can't save them, and you can't make them lost. And if you believe in heaven it, to have in this short lifetime, it is time to be free of every one of your regrets and let the Holy Ghost minister to you and release the chains off of you so you can walk out those doors ready to do the will of God at peace finally. I said at peace finally. Some of you have not had peace in a long time. It's time to have peace. Lift your hands right now in this place. In the name of Jesus, would you please send us peace? In the name of Jesus, would you please send people peace? Would you please set us free? Would you please give somebody contentment today? I don't have to have the best. I don't have to have this world. Be free. Please be free. I'm tired of seeing people hurt and anxiety. I'm tired of seeing people lust for things all the time. Be free in Jesus' name. Be free. You might not get everything that you want in this life, but you will get everything in heaven. You will get everything. It'll be worth it all. It'll be worth it all, church family. Come on, forgive yourself right now in Jesus' name. I know some of you have a deep past. I know some of you have great regret. I know some of you, you, you get haunted by this. But you need to be free in the name of Jesus. If you're changed, if you're repented, if you're different, then be free in Jesus' name. The Lord does not condemn you. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Grace is here. Where sin abounded, grace much more abounds. The Lord is ministering right now to somebody. Be free in Jesus' name.